Today we're finishing up this series on healthy habits for spiritual growth. And uh, I don't believe I would say I saved the best for last, but I did save the most difficult for last, and that is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Even that word is just hard to swallow, isn't it? We, we've all had times in our life when we needed to extend forgiveness and realize how difficult it can be. Years ago, the songwriter Matthew West heard the story of a lady who had forgiven someone who had brought about the death of her child. And it was about that story that inspired him to write what has become one of my all-time favorite songs. He wrote about this very concept, and he said, it's the hardest thing to give away and the last thing on your mind today, and it always goes to those who don't deserve. It's the opposite of how you feel when the pain they caused is just too real. It takes everything you have just to say the word, forgiveness. It flies in the face of all your pride. It moves away the mad inside. It's always anger's own worst enemy. Even when the jury and the judge say you've got a right to hold a grudge, it's the whisper in your ear saying, set it free. Forgiveness. It'll clear the bitterness away. It can even set a prisoner free. There's no end to what its power can do. So let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace. And listen to this last line. The prisoner that it really frees is you. If we're going to have any type of relationship, we're going to have to learn to forgive. People are sinners, all of us. So you can't have a marriage. You can't have a church family. You can't have any kind of relationship with people that's healthy and that's long-term without learning to forgive. Forgiveness is what makes it possible for us to all to continue to be a get together even after we've wronged one another. Peter, like many of us, I think had a time in his life that he was struggling with this concept. After all, have you ever forgiven someone only to find that they later need forgiveness again? That's what Peter was struggling with. Having forgiven someone, do I have to forgive them again? And so Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 21, is where we'll be at today. Peter asks a question, Jesus answers, and then illustrates with a parable. Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 21. Would you join me in standing as we read God's word together? Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife, 
and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So this fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused. And he went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. And then the master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Let's pray together. Father, we need your help today. I have no doubt that some listening by broadcast and some that are present probably need to forgive someone. I know many times I've struggled to forgive. Lord, it's a difficult thing, but today we depend upon your grace to do a work in us. We depend upon your spirit to empower us to do something that we can't do in the flesh. Give us the ability to truly forgive from our heart. Not just in words, but Lord, in truth. May we be moved by the forgiveness that we've received from you. And may we extend it to others. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, people will sin against you. This is a certain thing. A lot of times I say things in the sermons that are kind of probability. You know, this might happen. You might experience this. But I can say with all certainty, people will sin against you. It's not something that might happen. It will definitely happen. Because the Bible says that we all have a sinful nature. And when we come to faith in Christ, we begin this journey of putting it to death and becoming like Christ. But it's a journey. None of us have yet fully arrived at what God wants us to be. And so along the process of maturing and becoming more like Christ and less like our old self before Christ, there are going to be times in our life when we say things we shouldn't say and we do things that we shouldn't do. There are going to be times in our life that we neglect things that we should have sought with all of our heart. And so you're going to experience sin. People are going to sin against you. And so when we begin to understand this, then we have to figure out what are we going to do about it? What's going to be our coping strategy? And unfortunately, many people's strategy is to bear a grudge, dwell on it, and sink into the depths of bitterness. But what God is calling us to do is to learn to forgive, to forgive. To forgive, and not just for the other person's sake, but for our sake and that's really what Christ focuses on in this passage is the benefit that we receive 
because we have been forgiven. That's what motivates us to forgive other people. So Peter begins with this question. He says, Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? So, so notice that he's not talking about his enemies, but he says his brother. How often will my brother sin against me? Perhaps as believers, we might be at the place that we expect uh, unbelievers to sin against us, but we don't expect other fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to sin against us. But yeah, that's exactly the scenario that Peter's asking about. He said, how, how often uh, should I forgive my, my brother? And then he asked this question, as many as seven times? Numbers in the Bible are symbolic, and seven is the number of perfection and completion. And, and Peter probably thought that when he suggested the number seven, that he was being rather gracious. I mean, after all, if someone sins against us and we forgive them and they do it again and we forgive them, I mean, if we do that seven times, that's more forgiveness than, than a lot of people would be willing to extend, isn't it? So Peter probably thought that this was a really good answer, that the Lord might even say, well, Peter, you know, seven might be a little extreme, but maybe five and you will have done your duty. You know, I don't know exactly what Peter was thinking, but he probably thought seven was a really gracious answer. How many times should I forgive someone who keeps sinning against me? Seven times? So the church is, the church is made up of sinners. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, listen to what it says. This is the Apostle John writing to the church. He's not writing to the world. He's writing to the church. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says to God's people, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We're gathered together in church to receive forgiveness. In fact, you can't join the church without admitting that you're a sinner. When people begin to ask about the church and people begin to ask about faith, that's where we begin the story. It's with sin. In the second service today, we're going to baptize a young man. He came and expressed a desire to be baptized. And we sat down this week and had a conversation. The first thing I said, I said, why do you want to be baptized? And he said, I've been thinking about it for a few years. I said, really? I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, people have a really big problem. Do you know what that is? The young man thought for just a second. And he looked at me and he says, sin. And I knew right there we were headed in the right direction. And it turns out he did understand that today in the second service, he's going to publicly profess his faith. But that's where it begins, with acknowledging sin. That we have sinned, we've wronged God, and we need forgiveness. And not only do we need forgiveness, we need to change. That's what repentance is. And so as we begin to learn who God is every week as we hear from his word, hopefully we become open and receptive and our heart is soft so that God can speak into our lives and begin to change us so that we sin less and less. 
but we still sin. And there are going to be times, even in the greatest moments of our life, when for whatever reason, we give in in a moment of weakness and we sin. We may find somebody that just, they've gotten on our last nerve about an issue, about a behavior, and something is said and we snap and we say something that we shouldn't say. I've done that before. I've done that before. Maybe you have. We hear something that's just a little too juicy not to pass the law. And no matter how much we might try to spiritualize it by saying, I just want to let you know how to pray. In our heart, we know we were gossiping. Someone that we just are so frustrated with. And we hear something bad happens. And we think, well, they deserve that. We all sin. We sin. And so when we recognize that people are going to sin against us or we're going to sin against others, the only way for us to ever get back together again is for us to be willing to forgive. And oftentimes people become disillusioned because they have the false idea that the church is made up of perfect people. And so when they see a little glimmer of imperfection, they think that it disproves the church, but it doesn't disprove the church at all. It just simply reinforces why we all need to be here. We're sinners seeking forgiveness from God and seeking to be transformed into the image of his son. And because the church is made up of sinners, we, we must bear with one another. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, is exactly what it's saying. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Listen to this verse. Bearing with one another. The word bear is never used about anything positive. You don't bear a blessing, you bear a burden. To bear with one another means there are going to be times in our life that staying together and working together and serving together is not going to be fun. It's going to be difficult. But yet the Bible says that we're to bear with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, listen to this, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Well, isn't that exactly what Jesus just taught us in this parable as he responded to Peter that we have been forgiven therefore we must forgive others so forgiveness like so many things in the Christian life is not something that takes place in a moment or a point in time it's something that we'll have to do over and over again as Peter found out and he said as many as seven times in verse 22 listen to what Jesus said Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times, or your translation might say 70 times seven. It doesn't matter because it's not a definite limit. Jesus was using exaggeration to make the point that there, there, there's no limit to the, the forgiveness that we're to offer to other people. Is there a limit to God's forgiveness that's been extended to us? The Bible says his mercy is new every morning. 
that as we sin and we come and we've asked for forgiveness, we can receive forgiveness. And so this is why forgiveness must become a habit. Jesus taught that there was simply no, to be no limit to our willingness to forgive. Now we want to limit forgiveness because in our minds, the repeated forgiveness violates our sense of, of justice. Why should someone be forgiven over and over again? They don't deserve to be forgiven, right? Forgiveness is not about justice. It's about mercy. And God is the one who is just. And God is the one who deals out justice. That's why the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. When we find ourselves wronged by others, we need to forgive and forgive and forgive. That doesn't mean that we are not responsible or that we open ourselves up to constant abuse. That's another sermon for another day. If someone robs your house, steals everything you have, you don't have to the next week give them a key as an act of forgiveness. That's not, uh, we don't open ourselves up to constant abuse. We recognize who people are. We know what's inside of them. But we can still forgive and not hold it against them. The Bible speaks about knowing a person in John chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. Speaking about Jesus, he says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people. And he needed no one to bear witness about man. For he himself knew what was in man. The Bible teaches us that we all have a sinful nature. And Jesus knew that what, what was inside of those people. And you and I, we need to be wise and recognize what's inside of people. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we just open ourselves up to be taken advantage of. It means that we don't bear a grudge. We don't seek vengeance. And we don't seek people to, to receive what they deserve. But instead, we forgive from our heart. And we let God worry about justice. You see, Christ's work in our lives, it's a process. It's a process. It doesn't happen in a moment. It happens over time as we seek the Lord and serve him. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, listen to what it says. It says, And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. When we recognize that God's work in people's lives of transformation is a process. And we've got to be patient. And we've got to extend forgiveness and allow them room to work through this process. I'm thankful when I was a young believer and didn't understand a lot of things and wasn't very mature. I'm thankful they didn't throw me out of the church the first time I did or said something stupid, aren't you? Just because people sin. We can't throw them out of our Sunday school class. We can't throw them out of our lives. We can't throw them out of our church. We can't throw them out of our family. We need to forgive. We need to pray that God will continue to grow them and transform them so that they'll move past that sin. 
so then then we'll be free to forgive other sins they commit and that we'll receive the same grace and room to learn and to grow and to let God work in our lives and transform us and so we recognize that people need forgiveness because they're not yet complete and we need to offer forgiveness because it's part of Christ's work in our lives to transform us to be like him if we want to be like God I really don't know if there's anything that we can do to be more like him than to truly offer unconditional forgiveness to other people because that's exactly what he did for us when we were at our worst he made our forgiveness possible and he extended it to us Jesus knew the power of stories and he used them often to communicate truth and so Jesus tells this parable to illustrate what he said and he describes a parable about a man who was in tremendous debt it, it says that there was a man who owed 10,000 talents there's an extraordinary amount of money in the in the first century 10,000 talents average weight uh, uh, day laborer could have never have come up with that kind of money to pay back so this man was under tremendous debt and if you haven't figured it out yet this man's financial debt is a picture of our sin debt before God that there was a time in our life before receiving forgiveness that we had a massive debt that we couldn't pay people may have sinned against us once or people may have sinned against us 77 times but no one had probably ever sinned against us as much as we had sinned against God and in that moment of understanding sin and seeking forgiveness for every one of us who called out to the Lord in sincerity and asked for forgiveness we received it not because we deserve it but because he is merciful and gracious and loving and in this parable that Jesus told this man who had this massive debt of 10,000 talents that he could not pay he was given mercy and the Bible says that in verse 28 but when that same servant went out he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and a denarius was about a day's wages and so the hundred denarii would be a little over three months wages it's a significant amount of money but not something that couldn't be repaid most of us if given time could repay a debt that amounted to three months of our wages but yet this man who had just been forgiven something he could never repay refused to offer the slightest mercy to a man who owed him a very reasonable amount of debt when the people who knew that this man had been forgiven so much saw what it took place they were deeply troubled and they went and they told the master what had taken place and Jesus said verse 34 and in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt verse 35 so also 
my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother and these last three words listen to this from your heart from your heart god is calling us to offer complete sincere true forgiveness from our heart forgiveness are not words that are spoken forgiveness is a matter of the heart you can say you forgive someone without ever forgiving them but what God was calling us to is sincere forgiveness and Jesus said that if we receive the forgiveness of God and yet we don't offer it to other people we're like this man who in his hypocrisy received such an enormous gift of mercy and yet had none for anyone else and so today I want to ask you is there anybody in your life that you need to forgive I know that the pain they cause you may be very real and there seems to be a direct relationship between the depths of our pain and the difficulty of forgiveness but yet, no matter what has been said or what has been done, we're still called to forgive. You see, there was a time in your life, if you're saved, there was a time in your life when you were forgiven. When God saw how you had sinned against him and he heard your cry for forgiveness and he offered mercy and justice. And he's calling us to offer the same to other people. Now here's what happens when you don't forgive. If someone does something to you, and in that moment you experience pain, hurt, and heartache, and it may be that that person, that they don't even remember it again. Uh, it may be that that person is so far from God that they just hurt people all the time. It's not even a major event in their life. They don't even remember it. But when you don't forgive, what you do is you take that moment of hurt and pain and you allow it to be repeated every day. As you continue to dwell on it. And as you continue to dwell on it, you become bitter. Bitter. And unforgiveness will steal the joy from your Christian life. It will keep you from being able to experience what God intended for you to experience and you'll be like this person in this parable who though having been forgiven so much was unwilling to forgive so little so I want to encourage you today if not for that person's sake for your sake would you forgive because as the songwriter Matthew West wrote the prisoner that it really frees is you. Let's pray together. Father, would you bring to mind any person that we need for, to forgive? Lord, I pray today that you give us hearts of mercy and compassion. I pray that it would be our desire to forgive those who have wronged against us so that, Lord, 
we might imitate the forgiveness that we've received. I pray if there's anybody here or anybody listening that is so deeply hurt that they're struggling to forgive. I pray today, Lord, that you soften their heart and that you give them a desire to forgive. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Today as we sing this closing song, I want to invite you just to respond to the Lord. If today there's somebody in your heart that you just, you've never been willing to forgive them, before you do anything else for the Lord, that needs to be settled. Many say, Pastor, yeah, I, I want to forgive, but I don't know how. Well, telling the Lord you want to forgive is the starting place, and he'll show you how. You know what I've discovered? The, the deeper the wound, the longer it takes to heal. And sometimes forgiveness is like an onion. It just has layers. We forgive somebody, and we think we've forgiven them, and yet we find there's another layer of hurt that we hadn't really thought about. And so then we have to go again before the Lord and, and openly share how we feel, what we've experienced, and ask the Lord to help us once again to forgive that person. When you experience true forgiveness, you'll come to the point that you don't want to see them receive what they deserve. You want to see them receive good. You want to see them seek the Lord with all their heart. That's what love looks like. And it's only possible on the other side of forgiveness. So today, if there's somebody you need to forgive, which we begin to sing, would you just talk to the Lord about that? Confess unforgiveness as a sin and ask him to empower you to do what he's calling you to do. So let's stand and let's respond to the Lord together as we sing.